In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. We open the cover and turn to page one. It's a romance novel called Romancing the Stone. And we're about to tear it apart. You are listening to Ideal Remake. Woo! (laughs) All right, joining me today are... Is Chuck Kowalik. Is, I don't, look, grammar, it's not important. It's very important. It sure are. And (laughs) Alex Foster. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today, guys. I really appreciate it. At some point, I will figure out how to do a proper intro for this podcast, but today is not that day. Uh, Sound effects, lots of sound effects. Just get some drops in there. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) That's the dream. Just like a Zoo Crew radio show. So had either of you seen this movie before? Not in its entirety. Really? I definitely watched this movie when I was a kid. My mom was a big fan. She read a lot of romance novels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now this was right up her alley. In fact, uh, I, I noticed it on her shelf the last time I went out to visit her, unrelated to the podcast. Blu-ray or DVD? Blu-ray. Come on. My mom watches Blu-rays, all right? <laughs> cool mom, dude. <laughs> Have we said the word romancing the stone yet? I think we did. All right. cover called Romancing the Stone. And then we'll say it a lot thing. more. We'll you reference it, yeah. a lot of yeah. stones and a lot of romance. That's right. My dad is actually the one who recommended uh, this movie to me. Uh, the reason that I first saw this movie is because I got it for free off the back of a cereal box. Okay. Which is completely true. Wait, wait like a Chex, like a Chex Quest style thing? No. Uh, Frosted Mini Wheats used to do this thing where if you collected – it wasn't – it was like movie coupons off the back, and if you got, I think it was six of them, you could send them all in, and you had your choice of six movies off the back of the box. Yeah, it's like box tops. I remember box tops. Yeah. Right? It wasn't strictly box tops, because I think it, it, I don't know, it was because it was actual, like a big, it was something different. I don't know. Uh, but I was trying to decide between these six movies I hadn't heard of, because I was 14, and my dad's like, do that one, it's super great. <laughs> Michael Douglas has this scene where he falls down a hill and lands between, uh, Kath- Kathleen Turner's legs and comes up laughing and it's amazing. I'm like, that's how this movie was described to me. And, and I'm like, like, haha, dad, stop. Okay. It was well and truly awkward. And, but my dad's also the guy who's like, we should watch Stripes. Bill Murray movies are great. Every, all of them. And sometimes he's right. <laughs> Not enough of the times. Yeah. Stripes isn't a good movie. Anyway. So what, okay. What were the other movies on this that were on the menu? I don't remember. Like Basic Instinct. It, <laughs> legitimately, maybe. I don't know. Just like very adult films of like none the of these 80s make and sense. 90s. What were you eating? What cereal was this? Frosted mini wheats. Frosted mini. Uh, that sounds right, actually. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's. I guess frosted mini wheats is designed for an older audience. That's I right. guess. But uh, I remember I did the same thing again, and I remember I did not get whatever the movie I selected was. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember I got a DVD of the original Cheaper by the Dozen. Oof. Wait. Not the Steve. There's an original? no. That's a remake. Yeah, the Steve Martin. There was one before that. The people were asking, "What was what was that one?" We don't need to talk about it. That's a different podcast. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> I never watched it because I was so upset. Absolutely, you had every right. I would have. I would have burned the house down. Absolutely, uh, and I instead donated to a used bookstore. But all right, okay, we got frosted it. mini wheats win some and loses some. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, better without milk, if you ask me. Slow road snack. Absolutely not. I don't eat cereal. Sorry. Why? Categorically? What do you do for like morning food? Oatmeal. Oh, we're different people. That's hot cereal. (laughs) Well, it's oats. 
So that's I guess mostly the... all right, man. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Yeah. I got a whole room of cereal eaters here. That's the right. Heat's turning up. That's right. All right. So, what did you think of the movie? I mean, when you were when you watched this movie with your mother as a kid, Alex, did you enjoy it? Wow. When you say it like that, <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked the movie growing up. Uh, it's not one of those ones where I'm like, oh boy, can't wait to go back and watch Romancing the Stone. I just remembered enjoying it at the time. I mean, I liked adventure movies. I was a huge Indiana Jones fan growing up. Now, obviously, when you get older, you realize that there's a much larger level to the the movie than that. It's but... Bill Murray. There's some striations there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely went back at it with a much more modern gaze and mm-hmm. i was having a lot more problems with it this time around <laughs> uh yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean it's still enjoyable for what it is it's just dated absolutely all. i agree with that it clunks a it, little bit it clunks and it's so weird that this movie came out what a few years before back to the future it was the movie zemeckis did immediately before back to the future was he like like on like directing by phone or something I feel like this is the movie that got him back to the future because this movie really? at the time was a big hit. People, Yeah, that's the thing. It's still like Romancing the Stone. You hear about it. It's like one of those movies that – You have to remember large. that adventure movies were just different back then. And right. I mean he built up to Back to the Future and he had a lot of content for Back to the Future. And it's also possible that it was hard to shoot in like – yeah. yeah, basically. This is fair. These are fair things. I watched this movie with a couple of friends and we kept going back and forth going, they're definitely in Colombia, but are they just – none of that rain seems fun. Are they just like – is the what are they doing to protect the camera? Yeah, there was definitely some uh, lightning that was not planned lightning that you could see. Like when there was a boat coming up at one point at night towards like the climax, climactic scene. I mean I don't think that was intentional lightning. <laughs> <laughs> like there were people in danger. Ugh. I've definitely been on sets before where the entire camera is just wrapped in plastic. But, I mean, did they have plastic technology in the 80s? I mean, do we know this? Can we confirm it? We don't. They did have plastic in the 80s. I don't know how they used it in relation to cameras. Interesting. But plastic was a thing. I think they would dip it. (laughs) They dipped the camera in plastic. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing. (laughs) Uh, So... The movie, as it was originally pitched to me, was that it was a parody of romance novels while also being a romance novel. Like a Shaun of the Dead. Right. But I think it's before... But it's a... 80s era sense of parody there's no self-awareness yeah Yeah. it's a very light critique at best right i mean basically she just becomes that romance character over the course of the Mm -hmm. the movie i mean she's completely entranced by michael douglas by the end Mm -hmm. didn't feel the chemistry i wanted from those two every time he talked uh i i said the word ants Ants? (laughs) Ants? Because <laughs> he's an ant man. Uh, they have that scene where they're like drumming their hands, ants, with him and uh, uh, Paul Rudd. Ant man. Ants, 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 uh, ants, ants. Is that the new one or the old it's, one? It was an, uh, it was an ad I campaign for the first the one. Game. And okay. it, it's not in the movie. It was an ad campaign for it, but it's such a low tech, weird thing. But like, like why are they doing this? Yeah, Michael <laughs> Douglas is not exactly my ideal, like, a roguish scoundrel. But he did produce it, so he's writing the checks. That's they can the do thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Michael oh, Douglas Productions. Yeah, bankrolled right. this. Well, <laughs> like Steve Buscemi as the lead adventurer, you'd be like, hmm, Steve wrote some checks to get here. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a slippery slope into Steven Seagal territory. <laughs> that's right. I remember they walk out and like, oh, well, these two are going to end up together. I'm like, no, they're not. She's definitely roughly his age. That's too old for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Kathleen Turner, man. What's, what's she up to lately? 
If I were a better podcast host, I would have looked that up. Eh. I'm sure stuff. She's doing good. Great. I <laughs> I hope she is, and I hope that it turns out she's actually still alive. There were a lot of lingering shots of like her like bent over, like yeah. having fallen over logs, or like her leg being like exposed a little. It, the lens I, felt <laughs> it felt like a very pervy lens on this movie. Oh, it was a it was an for a romance novel, it was very male gazy. Oh, well, sure. the the funny thing about it is, uh, I was thinking about that because I noticed that as well. But in the first scene when they're in her f- uh, romance novel, they do do that lingering shot on a leg, and I'm like, okay, so maybe when you're watching this movie, you're supposed to be picturing like the dialogue or like the descriptions that go with it, because this is stuff that does mm-hmm. happen in romance novels. Mm-hmm. They luxuriate on people's bodies. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. But when we got to the end of the movie, one of the people I was watching the movie was like, why, why are they holding on her leg that much? I was like, it's a reference back to the first scene. It's like, oh, I don't remember. I was like, okay, cool. Plus, Kathleen Turner didn't go to Zumba for all the months leading up to that shoot for him to not show it. <laughs> right. She worked hard. And uh, then Caitlin, who we were also watching with, every time they did one of those shots, she would just say, boobs. <laughs> every time which was funny at the time but doesn't really translate to a podcast medium which is a shame I'm, I translate it for me I'm, I'm enjoying it I can imagine what it would be like because she's kind of like she's doing a parody of it while actually just doing it but that's the thing because it's a parody and I think what makes it a parody of romance novels is the fact that there are jokes in it like Danny DeVito's presence makes it a parody yeah uh, just he's not more. good at this it kills me I wanted more from him yeah. I wanted, but I wanted I was picturing like Frank Reynolds but that was this was like so far before that yeah that it just you just we weren't we weren't ready for it. Well, it's what two maybe three separate storylines that are kind of just all sort of pointed in the same direction. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Joan Wilder's story. <laughs> there's Joan yeah. Wilder's arc where it's like I have to get this map to rescue my sister, and then there's the Danny DeVito arc of like Ira, I'm why are you staying there and I'm going there going here. And then there's a crazy dude who's like, I like killing people, but I never blink. Zolo. Yeah. Zolo. That's a fun – that would be a fun movie. That's a fun casting experiment for sure. It just reminds me of Zoltar from (laughs) – I don't know why I think of that name. It just sounds like somebody who should predict my future and then turn me big. That's right. Mm -hmm. Someday. Someday. Now, what what movies – okay, so this is an adventure genre film. What other movies are in that genre? Other than Indiana Jones? Like Indiana Jones, yeah. I'm thinking like Princess Bride a little bit. Yeah, definitely Princess Bride. Because this was like that. It's like there wasn't anything too adventurous. Like he fell down a hill once. There was some light vine swinging. It's a treasure hunt. Yeah. It's a quintessential treasure hunt But we don't even know what's at the end of the map. They don't even mention like we know that the map is what they're going for. But there's never a point where they're like, yeah, it's to this ruby, and here's the legend of this ruby, and we've got this emerald. cool uh, – thank you. This cool <laughs> emerald, and here's like the, the, the chieftain that was like protecting it for hundreds of years until it ended up in this cave. Yeah, the like, only hint you story. have is the title. Yeah, and you're like, okay, when's the stone coming Yeah, in? <laughs> when is this stone going to start getting romance? Yeah, is that's what I was thinking. Is it a reference to Kathleen Turner's rock hard calves? It could have been, but there's no, <laughs> there no confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, there's a possibility that Michael Douglas is supposed to be the. Is he the stone? I, I, is it an attempt to romance the stone? Or I don't know. I don't Dude, think. I don't like yeah. the title very much. No, well, I mean, because the obvious joke would be like, well, it's called Romancing the Stone. Where are we going to cast the rock? Oh, uh, I, would, I, I would love Jumanji three. Yeah, he's, the problem is like he's he just looks too capable as a person just yeah. because of his size and you know sense of you know being able to handle things that you'd never just think he's in danger. Was Michael Douglas one of the ones who was up for Han Solo? 
Well, was he? He may was have been. He? I don't know. I, I wonder if this it. was like a, maybe it was Kurt Russell. There were a couple that were up for it. I'm like, maybe this is his like his to... conciliation. Like, He's like this is as close it. as I can get to Han Solo. Because yeah. that's all I pictured was like, this was supposed to be Han Solo. Yeah. In yeah, a like... jungle. Yeah. But, catching I mean, birds. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a poacher, right? Like, That's how it sounded. He was collecting birds to sell them. He's like, yeah, I lost $40,000 worth of birds. Selling if he was a poacher, then he would have been killing the birds. He had live birds in cages. So unless part of the deal poachers was he had to deliver kill them. Because mm. poachers also get them for the purposes of exotic pets. Yeah, he was definitely pretty... catching exotic birds. Yeah. Seems like a poacher might split that thin hair. Uh, <laughs> where do you work again, Alex? Oh, I don't know. Shipping. <laughs> I work in shipping, international shipping. Alex Uh-oh. is backing out of the room. What's going to happen? Uh, excuse me. He I just, have a. F- he just dropped phone a bunch call. of colorful feathers. What's happening? <laughs> and so it begins. Hey, you dropped your tusk. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, he's not a good guy. It, we have no. Like, just the fact that it's. It's the classic movie trope of proximity means love, right? Yeah. I mean, if it sounds like uh, the story of my middle school years. <laughs> well, well, the intention is to show you that the world is not exactly like a romance novel. But we, we yet... aren't won over. I, like, I wasn't ever won over by Michael Douglas's character. Like, it doesn't just take me, like, a nice dinner, a piece of jewelry, and a, a dance to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm swooning over Michael Douglas now. I'm, 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 I'm easy then. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally, like, they were having sex and he was betraying her like mid thrust i'm like this is how am i supposed to like this guy that's true yeah ants and plus it couldn't have been very good (laughs) if he's so like removed during the act that he's able to like reach into a like pouch he's just good at multitasking i guess i don't know i just wanted more presence in the act of lovemaking from a michael douglas well when michael douglas makes love to you i'm sure he'll be far more present now i better (laughs) <laughs> fucking better what are we supposed to do with this what would you say other than well it's a romance novel is the thesis of the movie like what what is what in the original movie do we need to hold on to <laughs> see, this is, yeah see this is the problem i have because i i don't know that i would remake this movie uh there are some core concepts that i like about it that mm-hmm. could be played with i like the idea of taking a romance novelist and and tipping them on their head but i don't know that an adventure into a jungle is the way i'd want to do it well i've never read a romance novel and that's the bible likely... count? I, haven't, I haven't read that either uh <laughs> and i'm not likely to change that anytime soon but my understanding is that it's meeting a dark stranger in an exotic location like i feel like the location is almost more a part of it because you're not going to be like oh, I met this really handsome dude at CVS. He had a map. Anyway, well, look at modern uh, examples of romance novels. Where romance novels have gone, especially popular romance novels, you're looking at teen paranormal romance, which mm-hmm. is vampires and werewolves and things like that. And then you have uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Those are your two yeah. modern examples of hyper popular romance novels. But at the same time, we still see on. Uh, LA casting and all those places where they're like looking for a hot shirtless man to be in a photograph for a romance novel. Those are still like, that's still that's going still, on? That's still a thing. I, hell yeah. I have a friend who was the lady in some of those pictures. Like really? they still do those photo shoots. They still make those books. That's awesome. Fabio is still legitimately a thing. Oh yeah. He's an awful, awful person. But other than that, it's okay that he got hit in the face with a bird. Like on human terms, Fabio's a bad guy? Oh yeah. He's really right wing. Really? So he's like the he's like the Goggins instead of the uh, the Jesse. I knew that hair was too good to be true. 
Yeah. He's just covering all of his insanity. Yeah. yeah. Goggins was the villain in the beginning of the in the fantasy sequence. Jesse was the hero that swooped in. Oh, I thought it was Good pull. Krogan. Thank you. It probably was. I may have That's spelled what, it wrong. Yeah, I mean, Walton Goggins. Is... No, no, I have it right here. Grogan. That's I was what, right. Uh, no, that's what I said. <laughs> you said Goggins. Whatever, poacher. <laughs> <laughs> but Because I think that that as a concept works because that's still a medium that gets read. And I think it gets read at a – maybe not us, but certainly there is a market for that. And I think doing a parody send-up of that could work, especially if you actually lean more and do it as an actual parody instead of we're doing the movie, but also – He's here. Yeah. The, Make with the yuck yucks, Danny. There's oh, yeah. definitely a way in which, uh, I, I don't know. It's it's in the zeitgeist. There's no way you're getting away from, and people know what romance novels are. Absolutely. They can understand the concept of romance novel. Even I mean, I'm assuming none of us have read, you know, uh, what's the name of that? Harlequin. Never read a Harlequin romance right, novel, right. The which word. is they're the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all get the gist of it, you know, right. punky male, danger. Well, we've seen it parodied enough that at this point we kind of can figure out the original core concept. I mean, I've never read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I've seen enough previews for the movies and heard enough people making fun of it that I kind of get the concept of what the movie is. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you learn that weird fact and all of a sudden you're like, that's in the movie? That's insane! That was a thing in the books this whole time? And so I feel like we kind of, as three dudes, kind of get the core outline, but none of the... None of the... we, We get... We get the rind, but none of the inner juice. You talking about of romance novels? I was talking about oranges, but yes. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. The so oranges yeah. were a metaphor for the romance. For, the rind, for lemons, <laughs> I for lemons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see your point. Like, if you're not gonna, like, they're not in the zeitgeist anymore. Romance novels, at least of like the Harlequin type, are just not the kind of thing that are ripe for a send up. Oranges. But um, <laughs> but the adventure movie also sort of isn't as much anymore. That's more like the big multi million dollar action movie. I don't know. They just did another Tomb Raider, and that's essentially an adventure. You're right. Film. Did that uh, make Jumanji money? is kind of an adventure film. It's just a comedic adventure film. Like right. we've actually had a lot of examples in the last couple of years. Yeah, people want them. It's like weird because this movie didn't do either super great. Like the adventure was not very turned up, nor was mm-hmm. the comedy. Like it wasn't just that funny. It was pleasant, but it's not like hitting right. any of these high marks. So you, same kind of concept again, but then by our standards, all of a sudden you heighten everything. Certainly for the casting I went for, I went for a lot more comedic cast. Sure, absolutely. And because I definitely think that's what you need. Yeah. You, got, you either have to lean into the comedy or you have to lean into the romance. And it's supposed to be parody. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the depth to which you parody. Romance novels is really up to you, but at least the intention of this original film was to be pretty comedic. It just felt like it fell short of that. See, I believe I believe you for sure. I just didn't feel that as a modern viewer. Absolutely. I just didn't feel the parody because like the only entry point we really have to that is the fact that she's a romance novel writer and then it's all part of her arc of like she goes from this you know, spinster, lonely, checking out weird-looking '80s dudes in like some restaurant, which that I guess was, was a so thing. Weird, just these like. I'm so excited for my publisher, by the way. <laughs> my pick for my publisher <laughs> oh, yeah. is so good. You can really write this one. Did you guys see Hereditary? 
No. Well, never mind then. I'll forget that example. But, <laughs> but definitely those two dudes in the bar were like, not eh, attractive, eh, right? But it was supposed eh, to be comedic. It was just not – it didn't hit. That's all. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, with Danny well, DeVito. Well, that said, it hit, my da- it hit with my dad and your mom. They well, love this movie. we've already mm-hmm. discussed your dad's <laughs> opinion, and I know my mom's – I love you, mom, but uh, I don't like the same comedies you do. Well, yeah, she wants same the same with my dad. But the um, but again, she read romance novels, so to her, this is parody. But my dad didn't. See, but to you me, that's that, the thing. That's, that's not it well. My dad like is the one in the family who reads People magazine, so it could go either way. Who knows? But yeah, with this pair, I don't know. Like, it, it, we just get it because of how it informs her character arc from being a person watching from the sidelines, watching her sister have these adventures even though we kind of really don't get that explicitly yeah. to being the person in the adventure. Even though that moment is kind of totally like has its balls cut off when she misses the knife throw, which is like a moment that's not funny enough to earn the fact that it kind of fucks with your whole like character arc a little well, bit. Well, again, it's a reference to what happened in her book. Like this is definitely going to work because it worked in the book that I wrote and then it just doesn't. Exactly, yeah. And I think I just didn't get enough of those moments of like, it oh, did, this is like one of my novels. It didn't you know? do the rule of threes. Yeah, exactly. It, that's what it needed. Well, they also didn't do a good job of misdirecting us uh, at regular intervals. They needed to set it up completely to succeed and then have it go a completely different way. And mm-hmm. they needed to do that really clearly throughout the film if that's what they wanted to pull off. Well, then let me ask you this. What are things in the movie as it is now that you liked that you would keep? Alligator death. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to see a guy's hand get taken off by a gator. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, I there's mean, look really... look at those snappers. Yeah. There's really only two ways to remake it. Try to remake it as honestly as you can based on the original story and just breathe new life into it. Or m- my inclination is to go a very different direction and take one of these modern romance novels that is popular and is very prevalent and try to romance that stone instead. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good turn of phrase. Like you I, mean like the in the, the Twilight Fifty Shades of Grey way? Yeah. I, I think you either take a Twilight tact or you take a Fifty Shades tact, which there are parodies of both of those movies out that are not good at all. I definitely right. think that if you were to remake this, you would have to, I don't think necessarily pay homage to Twilight because I think that's a different younger market, but I definitely think you would need to make reference or do at least some sort of send up to Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Because that's the Harry Potter of romance novels. <laughs> yeah. That's the Harry Potter of bondage. Yeah. Now the, it's weird because, okay, so if she, if the main, I think the main character works really well. I think you're Kathleen Turner. I, sorry, person. I just spent the last, I didn't hear the, how you started that. I spent the last 30 seconds trying to come up with a pun for Harry Potter and bondage. Yeah, it also occurs to me that the BDSM crowd probably doesn't appreciate that at all because they it's probably not. very derivative. So. A <laughs> ball gag. That's all I got. No. Ball all right, gag. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> Kathleen Turner, I think her character works really well because she's this kind of like voyeur onto the life that she wants to live through these romance novels but you could do that in any way it doesn't have to i don't think i think like i don't know maybe we're talking or maybe we all agree that having romance novels involved at all is kind of, i don't know i don't think i think it's i think it's tapped. good i don't i like the idea of her being a romance novelist mm-hmm. and with the exception of some of the characters who are supposed to be comedic i don't necessarily mind any of the performances i think it's really more of a script issue it's an antiquated script for our tastes you change the script it's the same sort of performance could could do better yeah and you know let's get a director that's not working on his opus while shooting the movie (laughs) maybe yeah but i don't necessarily mind that joan wilder is 
how are you going to write us out of this situation, Joan Wilder? That First of all, it's a terrible line. Never have that line in the movie again. Um, but it's kind of establishing, okay, here's the world as we know it, as she, as we expect it to be, and then here's how we deviate from that. Here's the expectation of the romance novel, and then here's what we do in reality. Mm, okay. Okay. I got it. Forget the idea of romance novelist. For, I think she should be like a successful social media influencer, oh, like God. an Instagram brand ambassador Ooh. for like, like just out, like, you know, the, the picture of like somebody in a tent overlooking like a glacial lake. I have to ask and this question. And they're like their feet are just in the photo. How young did you cast this lady? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. But I think that's a person that could be any age, really. You know what I mean? I think if we're talking about the, it did feel like this, these characters were kind of older than your standard, like Hollywood, um, like adventure movie cast at this time, but it felt like that was kind of a thing in the eighties. It felt like we've really gotten like we're really robbing the cradle as you know casting directors lately more so than we would have. Previously. I cast someone in in her like mid to late thirties. Well, round of applause. I cast a fifteen year old Russian <laughs> gymnast who does not speak English. Uh... I would actually keep the Kathleen Turner character as a romance novelist. I agree. Thrown into a jungle. Uh, I love that she's neurotic. I love that she doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. I love that she transforms over the course of the film, even if I didn't feel like it was smoothly executed. Uh, I think we know enough about romance novels that we will commit to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think it can be done better. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, I mean, yeah, exactly. The idea of this fantasy life that she has created and is sort of sitting by. Like, I think that works super well. And yeah, I would love to see, I think that character is great. Let's keep that arc. Right. And there've been, there've been so many versions of these where it's like the killer hid the thing according to what happened. I mean, the whole concept of like the pilot of castles, it's, uh, there's someone who's going around killing people based off of the kills that happen in, in Frank Castle's book, not Frank Mm. Castle, different name, Frank Castle's the Punisher. Yeah. What? Wait, what? Uh, the, what, What's Nathan Fillion's first name in the TV show Castle? Doesn't matter. Is it is it Castley? His last name's Castle. Castle Castleton. Sure. <laughs> I haven't seen the show. I bet it's great though. I hear good things. Yeah. Um but I don't think we necessarily should do uh well they follow the clues based on the book, but I do think like she has to have an expectation like she's lived so long in this world of writing romance novels that she expects the world to behave like that. Mm-hmm. And then it it doesn't because that's not how the world works. Like when Kathleen Turner gets on the bus because she's like, you should get on this bus. It's going in the direction that you want. And she just does. And then every, like when Michael Douglas gets is make, making fun of her, he's like, you, did you check? Why would he have any inclination to tell you the truth? What does it matter? Why did he have like a this? menacing mustache? Why would you believe him? Did he blink once at all ever? Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. funny because as we talk about this, I just changed who I cast for John Wilder. Did you really? <laughs> yep. Whoa. Love it. Who was it and who is it now? Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. Um, also, why is Zola wearing a full suit in the jungle? Seems like it'd be very uncomfortable. He's chief of police. It's not even crazy, linen. man. It's not even linen. It's a wild man. I know your yeah. body adjusts to the climate, but I, I just feel That's like... how insane he is. Good God. So crazy. I like my pick for him, too. <laughs> nice. But let's talk about what we would want to do for the story. Because if we're doing an action adventure, how soon into the story do they need to start going after the stone? And should that actually be a part of it? Like, do we want there to be... I mean, we need kind of the impetus to get Joan to the uh, rainforest. But when they actually start going after the treasure map... 
I feel like we should be doing more with the actual adventure of following the treasure. Goonies it up a little bit. Yeah, I hear that. I also think, yeah, to that point, we need to know what's at the other end of the treasure map. I don't think so. I think it's more interesting if we don't know. And then we have the misdirect of, it's a fucking ceramic rabbit. And then it's like, and I hated that she said, you know, in my book, we hid the treasure inside the thing. I'm like, oh. And I just like, like, they bring it back and then just someone drops it or something like, no! Oh. That would have been a much better reveal, honestly. They just smash it immediately. Yeah, it's like, they have this reveal of, this is terrible. Well, it's definitely inside. Like, I think they need to be protecting it, saving, carrying that ceramic rabbit or something else, something super breakable, from place to place, trying desperately to keep it safe until finally at the very, very end, something happens and it shatters. And like, oh, there's a big-ass emerald in there. That, we should just, let's just take that. We just need the emeralds. Just like a Harry Potter prophecy. Or the phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter reference. See, yeah, I, I don't know. I want the emeralds front and center. From the beginning, it has to be like what we're going for. Michael Douglas has to give a shit about it, not or the Michael Douglas character has to like be invested in it somehow. I think he can't just completely stumble into this story unawares. I think he has to kind of be a treasure hunter in his own right, not just some poacher. <laughs> yeah. I, and do you go to the wilds of Colombia to treasure hunt? Colombia's as good a place as any. Costa Rica's big. I like, mean, all of, a lot of my actors are Colombian, so we need to stay in Colombia. Is it just Shakira? Is like an Eddie Murphy. She Eddie is Murphy doing treatment. the soundtrack. Oh hell yeah! I'm I did. In. I found at least one Colombian actor in here. I didn't I even did, Google yeah. the. I didn't even Google who was from where. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, but I I do think that we need to have more of an adventure. Like, oh, we randomly found this tree that's on the map. I I think that that should be much more of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree that the adventure was t- t- really sidelined, considering it's supposed to be an adventure film yeah. with romance elements and comedic. And comedy. Yeah. The adventure is the romance. I mean, it's, it's you a have lot to serve of things. three masters, but that's what I think the movie needs to be. It needs to be the adventure, the romance, and the comedy. Yeah. I mean, let's so really, it's the adventure romance, and then you make jokes along the way. Yeah, I mean, this movie was shooting for Princess Bride territory, but just didn't get there. Honestly, know? yeah. I mean, that's the comparison. Yeah, and you can do that, you know? People have hit those three tones and factors, I think, pretty well in so other if, movies. if Michael Douglas isn't going to be a, a poacher, what should he be? If you think he's in another adventure, an adventure seeker. He could be an eco-tour guide. He could be <laughs> a person who builds schools in uh, rural communities. Not really, no. I think, yeah, we need I'm like s- just some kind say, of – Say that thing about uh, builds schools again. He builds schools in rural communities. Swoon. Exactly. No, but I think he can he can be roguish, which means he can be some kind of tour guide or adventure. Like think um Tom Hiddleston in Kong Skull Island. He's kind of this guy who has been there, you know, or like Rick O'Connell in the mummy. Yeah. Like yeah, Rick O'Connell's actually a good example. That is a good example. Yeah, Somebody who takes advantage film. of travelers for money. Yeah, and <laughs> that's and the screen chemistry between him and Wise, like, come on. Yeah, actually, that's a really good example of an adventure movie that kind of does these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Mummy is fucking awesome, and so is The Ride. Yeah. Oh, Rachel Weisz. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, do they She can be my constant gardener. Uh, oh, guys. I just, her knocking on. over those bookcases is just, and uh, when she's drunk in the scene, now I just want to watch The Mummy instead. It's great. Can we recast The Mummy? <laughs> uh, we can't because it interferes with the movie that I wrote that I need to see someday. Tom Cruise. Anyway. Yes. Um, Rick O'Connell. No, um, but I Bring think. Bring back Brendan Fraser. That's, oh, hell yeah. See, I don't know he if I would. still do it. That's right. I, I think he should. 
Um, but but I don't know. I don't see this movie taking place in <laughs> Colombia. It could take place in Colombia, South America. I want like it to be a very like crossroads of the world type of place, like some place that we kind of don't know enough about. You know, like Zanz- so Colombia. Like yeah, Colombia well, could the, work. Part Zanzibar. Part of the reason why I want it to take place in Colombia is because what happens a lot in the movie as it is now is it's this is definitely what Americans think Colombia is like, right? We're gonna dress this up because when she's walking in through the airport. And it's just loose goats. Loose goats, a pig, a chicken. There are just a couple of dudes fighting. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is what Americans think Columbia is. Right. And I feel like in the background of all of this, Columbia is gorgeous and we have almost no travel porn. Yeah. Like there's no gorgeous shots of like establishing, look at all, like, look at these damn trees. Look at this. <laughs> look at this majesty. This untouched majesty. Oh yeah. So you actually want Columbia to be real Columbia, not not romance novel Columbia, essentially. 100%. Yeah. That's, for that, that's part of the the gimmick of being like, well, this is what you expect, this is what you actually get. Yeah. yeah. I want her to come in with like American preconceived notions of so it's Columbia, right? Where are all the drug guys? I mean, we can tell you, but mostly not as prevalent <laughs> as you think. And actually, then- one of my favorite bits that they never pull off in that is how everybody speaks English. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you speak English? That's nice. I'm just like, yeah, that would probably happen a lot. That happens a lot everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere where there's tourists, yeah. 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 But then she immediately goes somewhere where there aren't tourists. Right. And so the language could become a barrier or you have like – or maybe you don't run into people. But not going to lie, I really liked the the drug kingpin just randomly – Deus Ex Machina, loving Joan Wilder. Oh yeah, work. yeah. No, oh, that uh, was one of the favorite bits when El Guapo showed up. That guy yeah. has charisma for days. Yeah, Juan, he's. I think it's Juan. I wrote yeah, it down. It is Juan. Juan. It's A C something. You're looking Alfonso up. Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Arrow. That's the actor. Like that. That scene, like basically, as soon as they from start to finish, that town is the best part of this movie. I think because mm. yeah, that's that. the true comedy of the movie. Yeah, like it's they. It's, it's subverting expectations right and left. It's, oh, it's this big, it's, uh, we have to be careful. All right. We go to this drug dealer. Okay. He loves your books. Oh, my God. That's great. That's all good. <laughs> they said I have a car. I don't have a car. I have a mule. Little peppy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then we open, like, the amazing, beautiful courtyard with, like, the TV and the treadmill and the mm-hmm. weight bench and, yeah. Do you have a copier? I do. I mean, it's broken, but I have one. <laughs> yeah. But that also could be... A running theme, like the Michael Douglas character, could be trying to make a like. Yeah, no, I'm going to help you, help you, help you, help you until I can get to a photocopier, get a copy of the map of my own, and then I'm out of here. That's right. Yeah. You know, in modern times, he'd have a phone. He'd take a picture of it. He'd be set. I mean, that's that's a whole you have to work out. But that's uh, why, yeah, it's like how do you get phones out of the mix? That's like the the modern movie plan. Yeah. So you just, I mean, you just say no service, but that doesn't fix the camera problem. And I don't necessarily have a problem with him taking a picture of it and. For whatever reason, it's like oh, she laminated his battery it died. Oh no, his battery died again. Oh, or shucks. they they slide down the hill and the phone gets drenched. And he's and he's like, "Do you have any rice?" Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, she would say that actually. <laughs> it's the equivalent of the I lost a button. And right. Her, like searching around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, yeah. He'd probably just be like, "All right, well, well that phone's out." That's it, why you have to. You can make it. It's a good thing it was a burner because I'm a poacher. That's right. Get a can't have the animals track. What if he just was a poacher, like a legitimate poacher? What if he was there to kill endangered animals and sell them to rich people? Again, poachers also capture them. Yeah, but what if he is just actually as bad as 
he needs to be in order for us to be like he's not a good guy. So, but then what? Well, How do here, we can we redeem that a le- guy as, in I a ninety-minute movie? Here's a legitimate unhealthy fantasy that gets played up in these romance novels all the time. Go on. The the concept of saving someone, like I want to, I can save him, I can fix him, totally. Redeem him. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, just in romance novels that happens, <laughs> right? But that that's what the the unhealthy thing that gets promoted. Totally, and that honestly would be a good idea of something to kind of. Like, I can save him, I can fix him, and then he just doesn't. He just, like, bails and... He's like, no, I'm a piece of shit. All right, see you later. Later. I'm not going to show up in New York with a boat on a major New York street, which definitely makes sense. Yeah, you'd have to... That's you That made me so angry. I was like, this is a cool-looking <laughs> shot, but absolutely not. Yeah, they should have just flown away, like, in Greece. Or just, you know, left the boat at the port. There's no reason for the boat to be there at her doorstep. It solves nothing. Yeah, it's kind of impractical. And I don't... This is a legitimate question. How much do you think emeralds like that are worth? Uh, I couldn't even begin to guess. That's why you have to fill up the legend because it's it's priceless because it's tied to this legend. That size of emerald has to be worth multiple millions of dollars. It would, but it was already a cut emerald. Like, they don't come out of the ground looking like that. Yeah, exactly. How much was the king... The that, blood diamond? How much was the blood diamond worth? Oh, oh, if I'm remembering the movie correctly, which I'm not, uh, a billion <laughs> well, I'm glad we did our fact checking yeah. on that one. It's about a blood. It's like a half blood diamond, probably. I'd say that. That seems seems oh, reasonable. Positive blood diamond. But I mean, there's always going to be collectors for that sort of thing. But that's totally like it's incidental. But, it's not important. It's going to be worth enough money that he's going to be able to achieve his dream, which is why he's going to want to steal it or uh, obtain it. Right. But to get that's something right. that valuable, you need to have someone to sell it to, and. To have the Michael Douglas character then turn around and try and sell it to the Ira Ralph character, that's more interesting. Like, get them involved with each other because the Ira Ralph characters are... Just these weird parallel goons. Yeah, they don't do anything. No. Yeah, what was it they wanted again besides kidnapping? They They wanted the Emerald. That was was the last big score because at the beginning, uh, Danny DeVito says, We got enough stuff. We got everything here. We have enough to to live comfortably for the rest of our lives. We agree that our characters want nothing. Except this one thing for arbitrary reasons. This is the yeah, last yeah. one. Yeah. Ralph, you go get it. I'm going to stay here and eat steak with this lady we kidnapped. Also, can we? that's the weirdest looking man to appear in a feature film. Oh, Ira? I, yeah. I definitely want to do the same hairstyle, just on a different person. Yeah, so. just like the full, <laughs> stay with me. The full uh, Friar Tuck <laughs> with like the way too wide mustache. Keep that in mind when you hear my uh, casting choice. I will. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I agree. You have to loop these guys in. They have to be the fence. They have to be the middleman. And I think that's more interesting. Like, I think Michael Douglas should be working for them. Ooh, agreed. Yeah. Until finally then they find out that Michael Douglas is uh, flipping on them. And that's why Ralph has to go out and track them down and get him back in and pick up whatever it is. Like, they should know each other. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they're presumably trying several methods of obtaining this. Absolutely. They've probably hired every lunatic they can, possibly, uh, you know, the head Ooh. of police or whatever yeah, as well. Let's meet those lunatics. I feel like yeah. Zolo should be his own because he's the big bad. Right? I would have he fun with in. other bounty hunters in the, in the yeah. oh, Colombian jungles yeah, 100%. as well. And we should, like, those should be the mini bosses along the way to dealing with the larger bosses. Yeah, like they've got a hit out on them. Like you remember – do you remember in Muppet Treasure Island when you just meet uh, the whole cast or yeah. the whole crew? Uh-huh. Like um, I think there's the a ship. song. There's a song but it's right before like um, uh, Big Ugly Baby Eating O'Brien. And right. then it's oh. like, here, 
but then yeah. it's a lady, and then you have like that. That Tom. was such a great. You're right. Sequence. Let's Tom. just do a Muppet movie instead. <laughs> this is what well, the Facebook. You meme guys was. are gonna love where I put Grover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we get like all those cast of crazy nefarious characters that are then going to inject themselves into the action, and you know, zhuzh things up a little bit, make it fun and exciting. Because vine swinging, we're isn't putting doing a it. lot into this movie right now. Like Absolutely. there are a lot of elements to this. Hell yeah, some will go. Yeah, well, I think that the first bounty hunter treasure hunter that gets encountered needs to be the michael douglas character like i think he needs to be the first bounty hunter that goes after it and somehow they end up working together like somehow like he's gone and done these different jobs for them before but like he's never killed a lady because Mm -hmm. that's the big romance element like he's a bad guy but he's but he's still a gentleman so wait he's a murderer in this one Uh uh-huh whoa or or a fixer okay okay he's a he's a project yeah he only kills bad people. Okay? Exactly. That's that fine. that can it's that can fine. be what it is. I've killed before, over. but only bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Legitimately, that could be it. Okay. Okay. Literally, a group of bad guys come after them in the the city with uh, Juan, and then uh, the drug dealers guys just take them out because, like, no, I love you. You're the this amazing author. Yeah, I like it. I like it. See, I'm yeah, I'm trying to figure out where Michael Douglas's character goes in this. I think well, yeah. it has to be if it's a romance novel, it has to be a redemption arc for him. Okay, well, you think so? Because that's because in the in the fantasy, it's like Jesse's this white knight. He's this archetypical like knight in shining armor figure. Yeah, but then this is a parody of that. Like he shows up and he's not. Right. So it's the so that's her ideal. Like oh, no one's Jesse. No one's this perfect guy. But then she meets someone. I mean, look at this guy, and it's the other. Uh, romance theme of a fixer-upper. Okay, okay. And then it turns out, and then at the end we can kind of subvert that and go, so, how much money for this again? Yeah, okay. so, what you, again, things, it seemed like they were trying to set up in the movie that just didn't get executed. His introduction is at the top of a hill, like, whistling. If she had had a momentary glimpse of him and he had looked exactly like Jesse and then we discover Isn't that how that Jesse's no introduced? Good. Jesse shows up back at the top, top of the hill. hill. Yeah, but, like, Shooting Michael Douglas is just, like, jauntily getting shot at like it's the not the same solo shoots him his water jug bursts a leak so you need to have like <laughs> yeah. almost uh. a, a shot for shot similarity and then we have to have that moment where like oh her knight in shining armor is here and then you know he's immediately the worst person ever. absolutely or like so that's his what pants are down the whole shootout because like maybe he was trying to take a shit in the jungle and like that's how he got caught when he heard like the commotion going on like we just yeah like let's get some tarnish on this white night. Just a little bit of shit right there. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Different senses of humor. Different senses of humor. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to see the poop, guys. Just It'd poop be, a very, be a very highbrow Tasteful. Poop. You just, very you tasteful. You just want Michael shit. Douglas daffy ducking it up? Yeah, I could think we could see some daffy ducking going on. Like he has, uh, I think it'd just be very funny. I'll yeah. show no pants. That's the. Oh, okay. Yeah, just daffy duck. That's just like, I'm sorry, just, I heard. Just uh, porky heard picking it. A lot of animals. Pulls up his pants. Don't wear clothes. Very few the do. Majority. <laughs> yeah, you'd know that. But not as many you, of them you wear a them. shirt. I'm sorry, I said Daffy Duck. Donald Duck. Donald Duck. I meant. Oh, that's why I was thrown yeah, off. Yeah, I said the wrong duck. Yeah. All right, well, so then let, let's get into our cast. Let's talk about who we think a good Joan Wilder would be. Like, who is the lady to carry that off? Because it does need to be someone who's a strong comedian. Right. But who can also kind of like fulfill these tropes of the genre who can be like kind of bedraggled and 
kind of not quite keeping it together, but still being fun and having a sense of humor the whole time. Yeah. I'll give you – I for some reason, I think it was just – especially in the beginning, I, I thought Rosamund Pike. But I don't get any comedy from her. I don't think she's going to pull the comedy I'm going to be wagon. looking up names because I'm terrible at remembering actors' Rosamund names. Rosamund Pike is from Gone Girl. She was in uh, uh, Jack Reacher, the first one. Yeah, I don't get very much of a comedic vibe from her. I definitely so think she would pull vibes. off the romance novelist in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely, but not quite the comedic stuff you need. Oh, right. you know, I just the dry comedy of it. Exactly. I think the person that I just thought of that might be even better than the other frontrunner I had. So Sandra Bullock might be my current frontrunner. Oh, interesting. Um, I thought Jennifer Lawrence. She might be a little too young, but I think she has like the fun and the, you know, kind think... of being able to be. I think Jennifer Clumsy Lawrence a has, a, has a similar essence, but I think that there's too much. She's too capable. I, She's way too capable. I, I was going to say – I wasn't going to say too capable. I was going to say our expectations of her are too high. Yeah. Like we don't quite see her Which as I guess like is too capable. She's going to pick up a bow and like Yeah, like she's, rule the she's jungle. been the action hero before. Who's yeah. the woman who plays uh, got Rose – not McGowan, Rose – She's the British comedian who's in like Spy and Neighbors. Oh, and, I know uh, who you're talking about. Um, and she's also in X Men. And yeah, I don't know her name off the top of my head. She actually would be good. Uh, let's get her name. Yeah, let's get her name for the record, and then what she was can, she in? She was in Neighbors. Is it Rose Byrne? Rose Byrne. Yeah, because yeah. right. she is so oh, funny, yeah. but she can also has she also has this poise about her, but she can go. You know, very well, low let, brow. Let's hear who Alex had. Okay. Uh, I went a very different direction. My choice that I came up with while we were going. Jack Lemon. Uh, where I, I'm leaning very heavily into the comedic aspect. But uh, who I picked, did you have? Who'd you throw away? Uh, well, I still like them. But uh, my top throw in the choice. Trash and you just hate them so uh, much and you think they're garbage people. Initially, my top choice was Amy Adams. Interesting. That's, I adore that's, Amy Adams. That's not a bad choice. Yeah. But she's too drama for me. Lately. Lately. Okay. But uh, have you seen Leap Year? Have you seen It's a rom com. No. She basically Have is... you seen Catch Me If You Can? Yes. Amy oh Adams. Oh my gosh, Amy Adams. She's braces and catch me if you can. Now what about her doppelganger Rachel like, McAdams? Uh oh no. <laughs> classic, uh, more classic comedian choice. You it is, but the romance novel aspect of uh, Rachel McAdams is already too high because she's the notebook. Fair. Amy Adams has tons of range, which is one of the reasons why I love her, and I think she could pull it off. But actually, okay. the pick I came up with once we started talking about comedy was I switched back to Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig's not a bad oh. choice. She, she kind of – she smirks to the camera a bit too yeah, often. she's a little like, too I can see her character bleed through. But that might help this film a lot. It depends. My choice for Joan Wilder is Jillian Jacobs. Eh, okay. Interesting. Because – she kind of can go back and forth by being the dry comic and also the clumsy. I mean, her character of Britta on Community is kind of – we want a touch of that in this, I think. But also I think we want a little bit of just the awful conceited person that she is in love. Right. You kind of – she's really good at playing that character that you're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, which is kind of why I wanted that while also she's – as a comedian, she's also very self-aware. And then her character in Don't Think Twice also can – Fully bring the drama, the commitment, and the feelings. Okay, okay. There's something about Jillian Jacobs. I adore her, by the way, and I love all the stuff she does. Is it she not has Gillian? kind of a hard edge to her. And when I think of a romance novelist, I picture somebody who kind of languishes in fantasy. I get that. And I have a hard time picturing Jillian Jacobs 
languish in fantasy. She's not a daydreamer. Yeah, she's not a daydreamer. She's realistic. She's grounded. Then the person of all of the people we've picked so far, I would lean more towards is Amy Adams. Yeah, I mean, give me Rachel McAdams for that. Still, I'm still thinking (laughs) if we're going McAdamses. What do we think of Bryce Dallas Howard or Jessica Chastain? You got to stop pitching. Really? Yeah, you pick one. I did. I have a whole range. I have a whole list. Got to pick one. Wow. If I'm picking one, I think, okay, what about Jennifer Aniston? How does that strike you? Absolutely uh, not. Not enough range. You don't think? All right, I'm settling on, give me some Sandy B. I want Sandra Bullock in that role. And you think, how old is Sandra Bullock? I mean, she's over 50. Yeah. I would actually, I would strut down the, the path of Sandra Bullock. I honestly think Sandra Bullock is too capable. Like, if we think Jennifer Lawrence is too capable, I think Sandra Bullock is. I but mean, think like uh, what was it, uh, Miss Congeniality, you know? When no, that's in, the wrong end. Yeah, she starts she's very a, capable an and has to learn to be, to be incapable. Uh, well, no, she has to right. learn to be some kind of feminine concept. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. I, mean, I see what you're saying. So she goes from being like. Yeah, you're doing it backwards. Yeah, we need that arc in reverse where she's kind of so, like, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, she's comfortable. Uh, the character right. is very comfortable at the beginning, and she's thrown into a situation where she is not comfortable, and she's not having a good time. And then she slowly eases into that world, and by the end of it, she's an adventurer like everyone else. Like you see that transformation happen very clearly. Mm-hmm. So I almost want like a uh, Liz Lemony kind of character at the top, right? Uh, and then I want to see them become, you know, uh, an adventurer by right. the end. Someone who uh, ba- basically. <sighs> Did you guys see the new Jumanji movie? Yes. No. Basically, you want the arc that the uh, the blonde takes the uh, the Jack Black, the Jack Black character, right? Okay. <laughs> the Jack Black blonde. Yeah. Um. <laughs> basically, like she starts as like the ditzy, self-involved person, and by the end, like she's all sorts of granola. Like, let's go camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know what? I, I think I'm going to double down. I think Rachel McAdams is who I would go with for this. <laughs> I'm going to steal the, my disagreement that I had with your original pitch and make it my own pitch. Tell you what. We'll end on Joan Wilder because because obviously she's the most important character in this movie. Who do you see as her Jack? Um, originally, I was like, hey, Zac Efron because I think it's funny. Oh, my yeah. God. But I threw that away. And the person I went with uh, was Rafael de la Fuente. Who? Is a Venezuelan actor. He's on Dynasty. And I picked him because it's really weird that the one white lady goes to Colombia and finds the one white dude in all of Colombia. Yeah. Yeah, That's how it was. The 80s. Sorry, Rafael. You were ready to push that boundary. uh, Rafael de la Fuente. That's uh, Spanish for of the Fuente. Good pull. No, he's handsome. Yeah. Let me see. Not going to lie, to find Jack Colton, it's a romance novel. He has kind eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I did was I literally went through a list of the 100 most attractive guys in Hollywood. And you're like, this is this is the this is the class of person we're dealing with. Yeah, because that it's was Michael it's a, Douglas that guy in the day. Oh yeah. Okay. If those two random schmoes in the bar were Michael Douglas, absolutely was. All right, I hear that. I mean, he's the guy who is married to Catherine Zeta Jones. That's true. That's like the expectation, like. It's Michael Douglas. It's Michael Douglas level attractive. Okay. 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 I do very much agree with the idea of, of casting somebody who is actually South American. <laughs> uh, I did not think of that when I cast my Jack Colton, though. No, I have re- under, underlined here, like, whites only, which sounds really bad. Wow. Yeah. But that's going to sound really this, bad this, out of context. This podcast is going out to people. People are going to hear this. <laughs> which people? Uh, uh, I can name His them. fans. Oh, man. <laughs> 
Just, so, there's just one Colombian guy like that motherfucker. I, I just went right straight down the adventure action film route and tried to pick people that I felt had some comedic potential. Like, so you picked not the just action stars. Solo? No. <laughs> Which I like solo, so that's a whole other. Uh, Whoa. It's I, fine. Oh, boy. Contention in the room again, and I haven't even said the names <laughs> that I picked for Michael Douglas's replacement. Uh, I went with either Jeremy Renner or Chris Hemsworth. Interesting. They're both on the list. Of yeah, attractive. After people. after Ragnarok, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, I can see Chris Hemsworth doing some actually funny stuff. Of the two of them, I would lean more towards Chris Hemsworth because, of course, I would. But because every time Jeremy Renner tries to carry a movie, it doesn't work. Yeah, that yeah. said, Shame, but did you see Tag? I did not, and he looks like he's fun in Tag. Tag I is seen so him. much fun, and Jeremy Renner is great in Tag. I think he's definitely the high point of that movie. But to me, I just wanted Game Night the whole time. I haven't seen Game Night. It's Game strong, Night was great. Strong. Yeah, I know. I, it, I need to watch Oh, it is this your Rachel yet. McAdams coming back around? You're just going to keep trying to pitch. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, so I think, okay, hear me out. Jack T. Colton, Rachel McAdams <laughs> doing an Eddie Murphy playing multiple roles. Um, for real, though, I think I went with the scraggly element of the Michael Douglas uh, character. I thought Tom Hardy would be good. Ooh. Tom Hiddleston really won me over as like a roguish adventure in Kong Skull Island. Uh, Hugh Jackman, I think, could do it. Bobby Cannavale. Again, pick one. Pick one. I think if I'm picking one. You, no, no. Don't read a list and then pick one. Okay. Pick one. The rules of the podcast. Pick one. Oh, man, oh, I didn't I'm know sorry. that was the rules. <laughs> yeah, Have I, I retroactively I burned choices. my Jack T. Colton contribution? Pick one from your list. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. No, no. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel McAdams says Jack Colton. I think Tom. One of the Toms. <laughs> one of the above Tom's. well those are two very different movies too because yeah. Tom Hardy has a hard edge to him he does he would definitely bring that like that energy and Tom How Hiddleston would be have either of them done I that mean, said my guy has Loki is, is, is on Dynasty Loki mm. is pure comedy uh, there are comic elements to Tom Hardy's character in um, uh, Inception but not much yeah he See, plays Tom... very stern which might be a great misdirect because yeah. if he's got it then well, that would be Tom part Hardy. Of the reason why bring. I picked this actor, uh, Rafael de la Fuente, is because he's on Dynasty, which is basically a modern soap. Ah. And I picked it because I kind of want him to go full uh, naked gun, like this is an adventure, and we and like the I I want to uh, the female lead is a comedian, and I want him to be like kind of the dramatic guy. So those guys aren't necessarily bad choices for that. But he's kind of like. I hear you. He's the one who's kind of buying this world more so. Yeah. But then you're losing a key element of the original film, which is the fact that he is kind of smarmy and obnoxious. Right. Uh, he is not the charming romance novel character. That's true. You're right. Which is why, I, I mean, I also went with hunky men, but I tried to lean into people with comic potential because I really wanted them to be- Who was your guy again? Uh, Jeremy Renner or Chris Hemsworth. I would actually- eh. I think I would lean more towards Jeremy Renner because he actually looks less like that hunky uh, uh, action film star. He's not the guy who's played like a born movie. Right. <laughs> I can also not the de- guy on the I cover. One hundred percent see Jeremy Renner being a poacher or a, like a fixer who works for a couple of bad dudes. Right, definitely. Of everyone on the list that we've picked, Jeremy Renner I think fits that the best. Yeah. So of all of them that we've said, that's where I would lean. I think I'd go Tom Hardy then. I think because he has the scraggliness. And it's a – I could see him be – there's like a sweetness to him more so. Like whereas Tom Hiddleston, you get more of like the roguish uh, sarcasm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I'm going to go with Jeremy Renner. 
Wait, so wait, <laughs> wait, we're, wait, we're pitch, wait, hold on. We're we have to you? pick one cast, buddy. And then, I mean, I get final say. It's my show. But... Mother, I had no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're going to end up with an actual cast. Shit. All right. I like this. I like this. All right. It's real. It's happening. Damn. So I got to pick one. You can't, you can't spread yourself out too thin. Otherwise, how do we know? Too See, much of an argument. I thought have, being a podcast, we would have a conversation about it. But yeah, I but there's... we're in a booth. We don't have time for that. <laughs> we have. Oh, we have. I only paid for a certain amount of time, and that's all we get. We um, have like eight more people to cast. Yeah, if I can true. pitch Rachel McAdams ten more times, I'll make up the difference. Hey, save all it right. for the end. All right. So for Ralph and Ira, I I picked a pair, and I also gender flipped it. And because I think that these two, I don't know if I've ever seen them in a movie together, and because I think it's funny, and again, because I was trying to find Colombian actors. Mm -hmm. My Ira is Sofia Vergara. My Ralph is Melissa McCarthy. And I like if they lean into the, we're blood, we're related, and just Melissa Melissa McCarthy just like... Are we? Just pale, just getting burned by the Colombian sun yeah. as, as she's speaking. I'm sorry, it was Sophia what? Vergara from Vigara. Modern Family. <sighs> I never watched Modern Family. Neither do oh, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Sophia Vergara, I could totally see. Uh, the way Ira works in the movie is he sends Ralph out to do this work and then just himself does nothing. I could actually see that being something Sophia Vergara does where she just like lounges like, well, I have these people who do these jobs for me. Right. But I also – I'm also the boss. Like pe- people don't fuck with me. Do you see her being more drug lordy or more uh, like executive-y? That makes sense. More executive-y because okay. I, think our, I think I've got a – I mean because the drug lord we have. Like she's not in linen with palm fronds getting no, blown I, on her. Okay. She's more like she's, uh, she's the nexus of a network of operatives. Got it. Nice. And so those two together, I think, is more fun to talk about because I feel like that it needs to be a good comedic pair, the two of them. And I feel like matching those two, they're both good comedians. They both have done amazing comedic work and they're both very funny in just about everything they've ever done, depending on casting and whatever. Yeah. But uh, or writing and whatever. But that's why I think it should be like, like those two, I think, would work well together. Have you seen the most re- like the recent, more recent Melissa McCarthy movies? I have. They are fascinating failures. They are, but I think mm. it's because it's uh, they're victims to her own success. So you have something like Spy, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. Like so Spy good. is amazing, and I think that's. And then you also have something like uh, Saint Vincent, where she just came off doing I don't know, like Identity Thief or something, which is terrible. Right. But those are the movies where they're relying on Melissa McCarthy to be funny. They bought this script and the script isn't good enough so they're relying on her being silly and funny and then you have a script like Spy or St. Vincent where they tell her don't improvise just do it as written and then when for those sorts of things she's generally very, very good. Okay. And so I think as long as you've got a strong script she's great and if you're not depending on her to save the script because she won't. Yeah, especially if you shouldn't hire her husband to direct... I don't, know, I don't know who her husband is. I don't know. Yeah, really? He's the guy He's the guy that she seduces in um, on the plane in Bridesmaids. Cool. He's like directed – she's like – he's directed all of their like the last few movies. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, it felt I like kind of – she was throwing him a bone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear your choices. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, for Ralph Ira, and Ira. Because you, you love your Ira pick. Uh, I love my Ira pick. I, I want to steal your Ralph pick, so I hope you have a good one because oh, I didn't yeah. cross-cast. So I did – the only person I saw playing Ralph is Charlie Day. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's much better than my Ralph. And then as far as Ira goes, I won't tell you who's on my list, but I'll tell you who I arrived at 
Walton Goggins Jr. Jr.? Walton Goggins Jr. Or maybe it's just Walton Goggins. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm thinking Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah, Walton Goggins. He was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was I in know, Hateful Eight. He yeah, he's just got – he was he's in, in Vice, Vice Principles. Principles. Yeah, he's just great. He's got this like very comedic but very like yeah, earnest used to, and used to other episodes. things. Oh, nice. Like one of the things I notice is that especially as people come in, they're like, here's a great idea and it's the same person that's been recommended in every single episode that I've previously done. You're like, hey, asshole, we've done these before, all right? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. You know, I worked really hard not to cast some of the people you talked about in <laughs> some of the other ones. <laughs> uh, my picks are uh, for uh, Ira, I went with Rob Corddry. Oh, I see that. That's a good similar pull. hairline. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I want him to have that Hell that yeah. mustache. I don't see why Sofia Vergara can't have that. Yeah, I don't see either. And then I I didn't like my pick for Ralph, so I'd rather go with uh, uh, who was your pick again? Charlie, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. But I had Michael Sarah just because I want Ralph to be Ooh. somebody who does not belong in a jungle. <laughs> just like, uh. and I just yeah, I kind of want to like. <laughs> My other option was to find somebody a little like schlubby, like sweating the whole time. But like yeah. I McCarthy. kind of like, <laughs> like, well, again, she plays a lot of very put together characters. And even when she's not put together, she's strangely put together. But I could see slotting her into like a former Danny DeVito role pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see I, her I mean, as being very together in an office setting. And then you take her out of that office and all and all of a sudden she fails. Yeah. Well, her arc in Spy is kind of this movie. Essentially, this arc, you know. Yeah, I do imagine Michael Sarah with that dumb little pencil mustache, oh, though, yeah. which kind of like helps me get there with this character. I but see it. I don't hate I it. I still really like Charlie Day because well, I f- I feel like Charlie Day. If you can like rein him in for like the first two or three beats of him failing in the jungle, yeah. then when he finally loses it, you get full Charlie Day, oh, which is yeah, scary. Uh, which is beautiful. why you watch ten seasons of <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You watch it for that like uh what's that that um steroid freakout that he has with D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So uh there's a lot of good ones on the table here. I think for this, I would or just more towards Melissa McCarthy, Sofia Vergara, just because as the movie stands right now, there are three women, and two of them aren't in the movie. Really? Oh, right, it's the right, sister right. and the agent. Right. And I feel like if you're making this for a modern audience... They're going to want more ladies in there. And I and I think that the, this is a place where you could have them. There's definitely a point at which I go, I would either want to cast women in these two roles, or I would want the chief of police to be... A woman, just because it's a very the chief of police would be a good one. I don't have anyone one. for that, either. but I mean, I have a good actor for Zolo the Butcher. Yeah, I would lean into Sophia and Melissa McCarthy. Right. I'd I'd back that horse. All right. So, who do you have for Juan? I only have I have Bobby Cannavale. I think he's got. Remind me who Bobby Cannavale is because I recognize the name, but all of a sudden I don't have a, a facial image. He was in the Station Agent and Ant Man and the Wasp. He played the, uh, the oh. stepfather. Oh, he's good. I like yeah. him. Yeah. He that actually is Bobby Cannavale is a good choice for this. Yeah, he has like a like that fun like golden retriever kind of energy that yeah. Norman has. Who yeah, did you have for one? Uh I had Colombian actor John Leguizamo. I did too. Oh, did you really? Well, yes. yes. That's my one Colombian. <laughs> oh, that's the of most all, exciting. John Leguizamo's amazing. Oh yeah. And he does dry comedy really well. Like he he can go back and forth between the comedic guy and the straight guy instantly. Yeah. And I haven't seen enough John Leguizamo movies, apparently. 
I just want to just for honorable mention my two other possible picks. I had Fred Armisen, who was always entertaining to watch, true, uh, but not nearly menacing enough anymore. No, and because... I don't necessarily want to put him in brownface. It, it would. Yeah. He's half yeah. Uh, Latin American. Uh, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's played what did, he played like a Venezuelan uh, yeah, in character Parks in Parks and Rec. That's right. Uh, I also have Javier Bardem. Yeah, because he's uh, the scariest. When man he's funny, he's I laugh. I what's he funny in? Maybe he's not funny. He's just, <laughs> in no country. <laughs> oh yeah, his funniest oh, role. Man. I mean, I feel like we got to go with John Leguizamo. Two of us. Have oh yeah, John yeah. no, no, I'm with, I'm with John. I just wanted to put those other two well, out. I didn't know it was a competition. I just want everyone it's not out a there. Competition. I want everyone it's a out collaboration. there. Collaboration. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. For the viewing audience at home, just picture Fred Armisen as this guy for like a second, opening the door and like sticking like a huge handgun out, and he's like, "You can see it." Oh, 100 percent. And then him like driving his jeep. But as yeah. soon as it's Fred Armisen, you know it's going to be a joke. Of course. Yeah. So that I feel like that's tipping the hand early. Yeah, it is. That's fair. But that only you get you get him for a for a beat being scary and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Yeah, and then it's delightful for ten minutes. I mean I feel like it needs to go the same. It's gonna way be John. The... We get it. It's yeah. gonna be John. I can't believe I well, brought a list to a choice fight. This is I feel embarrassed. <laughs> well, you knew you had to narrow it down at one point. Yeah, I mean you knew we were gonna go with one person. I narrowed it down to six. Oh, <laughs> anyway. man. All right. Well then. Then let me go with something that I'm sure you you have at least seven options for. Okay. Uh, what did you recast uh, Pepe as? Pepe? <laughs> the car. Yeah. Pepe the car? Yeah. Oh, definitely. The best character in the movie? I think definitely one of those uh, dune buggies. A dune buggy. But it has like the fan on the back and all of a sudden there's a parachute like and it becomes so a you, uh, paraglider. So you want to recast like in, it as a speed racer? As, like, no, like in the Bond movie, uh, uh, t- uh, Tomorrow Never d- – no, uh, The World Is Not Enough – where they're on snowmobiles, but then all of a sudden the snowmobiles have uh, parachutes and they're like flying snowmobiles. That's what I would do with Pepe. And that would withstand the bullets being fired at it? 100%. It's above the range of bullets. Nice. I, I didn't mean, cast Pepe. I put so. an H1 Hummer just because I thought it was funny. Yeah, okay. So I was like, that's my tiny little mule. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I just thought it was silly. Wait, okay. And we're going to make I would a, do, a, a Cadillac. I would do a Cadillac, but like lift it on monster truck tires. I would probably That's go. That's not a bad idea. I like that idea a lot. Thank a Cadillac on, on monster truck tires. Yes. I will go with whichever sponsor will pay the most money. Well, that's the correct to get their answer. car into this Colombian jungle. Pepsi Cola presents a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, the Mini Coopers in Italian job. This is a good way to. So that's the only reason they're still the around. They're bad cars. Absolutely. I like Mini Coopers. All right, they're so fun and delightful. Who did you guys have for Zolo uh-huh. the Butcher? Okay. You're going to have to go first at some point. So uh, <laughs> so my first pick, and I still don't know if I like it or not, was Oscar Isaac. Dude, same. That was my first choice. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And my, and my backup was Rami Malek. I just want an intense stare. Remind yeah. me remind me who uh, Rami Malek Mr. Robot. Is. He's also the new Freddie Mercury. He has those angles. He has a very angular face. If you watch Mr. Zola. Robot, all he does is stare menacingly at you. Damn. Say the first um, name again. Uh, Oscar Isaac. What is his uh, – what's his background? He was in a little picture called Star Wars. That's Ever not, heard of it? No, that's not what I'm asking. He's Guatemalan. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Wonderful. Let's go with Oscar Isaac. Who did you have? Who my, did you pick? My pick is Hector Luis Bustamante. Oh, boy. I specifically – again, I picked a Colombian actor. Mm-hmm. Or, see, Columbia, I, I haven't watched Dynasty. I haven't, like, I can't <laughs> well, pick out any of your this, actors. This guy and... I found I, – I, I, I was looking for Colombian and I needed the look. Uh, this guy also happens to be a very good actor. He's an Imogen Award. He he won the Imogen Award for Best Actor in a Television 
series for Little Girl Lost, the Delamar Vera story, and he won the Hollywood Fame Award. Uh, but he's not that well-known. He's not going to put butts in seats. I don't think this is a character where that's necessary. No, you want him to kind of be a guy we haven't seen before. We don't want a familiar face to comfort you. Right. But on the other hand, there also is the turn of when we first meet him, we don't realize he's the killer. Mm. I mean, Joan Wilder doesn't. The first time we see this guy, he stabs her landlord. Yeah. Yeah. And then the body gets vaporized. We don't know. We don't know. Never have to see it again. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But I think Oscar Isaac's a good pick. I think he is definitely. Give me, I'll give you my alternate pitch. I thought Benjamin Bratt would do a good job too. Benjamin Bratt. He was in Miss Congeniality. Oh, I think things. I know who you're talking about. He's definitely like got more of the heartthrob vibe, but I think he could play like very like slick and menacing, sort of like what Oscar Isaac brings to um, Drive. Kind of like has you know a smile on, but there's something underneath it. I could kind of see him bringing that. Yeah, I mean. If you both hadn't already agreed on Oscar Isaac, I'd have considered it. I've already it. agreed on well, Oscar Well, if it's Isaac. a competition, then yes. No, I, I, if, I had seen Hector, if I had <sighs> seen Hector, I would probably lean more into that just because I don't know that I would want a, a really well-known actor in that role. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, partly because I don't want it to be obvious that this is going to be the big bad. Yeah. Though I would also probably give him some like. Would you agents. be okay seeing a crocodile bite off Oscar Isaac's hand? Oh, Absolutely. It should be like my short stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Then let's do that. Hell yeah. I'll go through my pick for Gloria the Agent first. Um, Good, because mine's going to win, so that's, save it for last. That's why I'm having you go last. <laughs> the way Gloria is cast as she is now, she's sort of the, the 80s version of like the, oh, I'm the romance novelist agent. And that's not really the stereotypical pick for who that sort of character would be today so my pick for gloria the agent is titus burgess oh from uh from the kimmy schmidt yeah uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt interesting i like it because can read the book can get behind the romance i think that that would be super fun can get into the comedy yeah he can definitely be like that you know ear in her or uh voice in her ear about like uh the romance aspects Like, like girl get out there what are you doing? I haven't watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but I could get behind this. All right. Uh, especially because it's a nice twist from uh, the original, like, 80s yeah. publisher. Because that is kind of a tired uh, character archetype. But what would you pick? Well, I, I leaned into the archetype. Um, I thought Judy Greer would be a good choice. Mm, I yeah. have her for something else, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Who else? Who I have else? her for the sister. Oh. Because she's got that adventure. Yeah. Uh, we'll come to that. We'll and then who's the that. redheaded comedian, gay icon? She's like a lot of these like sassy friend characters. Life oh, on the Deep. Kathy. Kathy Griffin? Kathy Griffin I thought would be good as the agent. Uh, but then I think Jessica Walter. I think Jessica Walter is my choice. Ooh, Jessica Walter. I adore Jessica Walter. I mean, I love Jessica Walter. She's had it too rough for too long. My pick was Allison Janney, hands down. Oh, Damn. No competition. Yeah. All right. Allison yeah. Janney lights up a room. She would dance circles around this role. Yeah. I see it. She has the comedian and the drama tro- chops. Yeah, so, she's uh, great. I've cast her a bunch of times in lots of movies on this show. <laughs> but have you ever cast Jessica Walter in anything? Yes. Damn it. Well, who'd you cast her? I, I don't, just want to I know, know we've used oh, her for something, okay. but I've done a bunch of these things. I don't necessarily have all the cast list memorized, but we've definitely cast Jessica Walters because she's amazing. She's so high status. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love her, but I, I wouldn't want that high status a character as the publisher, I think. My we, first choice, or initially my first thought was Christina Hendricks. 
Because I'm like, I don't oh. see her in enough stuff. I don't either. But like, I think she would have this like very polished, but like sort of um, mature guiding figure role. Hmm. Um. Anyway. It would surprise me. I would be interested. Mm-hmm. I think Allison Janney is a good pick. Great I know. Pick. It's the best pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, won, he like put a star want, next to it because he I knew. <laughs> and a heart. Because <laughs> I love Allison Janney, if you're listening. But what was uh, the Allison? Chuck, uh, you said a lot of names. There was one that you had that I really liked, and I don't remember who it was. I'll read them all Judy to you. Greer. Jessica it, Walter, Judy Greer, Christina Hendricks, and Kathy Griffin. Nope, it's gone. My no, no, no. my passion for it has has it's subsided. Abated. Oh well. I it Jessica Walters is the closest because I think you have someone who's so high status who's kind of like saying who's kind of controlling uh, Joan Wilder's life, and this is kind of the first time that she's gone against her what her agent tells her to do. Like, mm. no, I have to go save my sister. Yeah, and I think that I I think it would. I mean, Titus Burgess, uh, Jessica Walters, and uh, Allison Janney. I mean, I think those are our top three. Mm-hmm. But they're also very, very different. Well, Jessica Walters and Allison Janney could certainly play similar characters, especially you take Allison Janney's character in um, I, Tonya. Right. I haven't seen I, Tonya. I, oh. I'm just thinking of her. Just just let her go. She plays, like, great moms and stuff. I like, I, I'm picturing she was in um, 10 Things I Hate About You as the guidance counselor, and she's just aloof and to the point, God. Yeah, I would put Alice and Janney in here a, a thousand times. <laughs> would you be okay with that, Chuck? Because it'd be I'm, a, it's I'm be... at peace with that. I think it's a great choice. All right, Alice and Janney. Provided you don't mind that she also plays uh, the Michael Douglas role that I danced for. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody here gets the Eddie Murphy treatment. Sure. <laughs> so I, I think the only character that I have left is Elaine, the sister, who isn't really in much of the movie, but I think she should be in more. Mm, interesting. I Whoa. said I take take her out. Oh, you said take her out entirely? So then what gets Joan Wilder here? If you don't have the sister, what's the inciting incident? What's your Maltese Falcon? Well, I, I guess think, the stone is the Maltese Falcon, but I think some I think the sister rather than the sister's husband is the one murdered. So she has to go figure out like oh, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time we have this romantic figure of the sister that is the person that our main character wanted to be or was living the life that this woman was only writing about. And so the sister Basically, put it in, put the map and the instructions in a language that Joan Wilder would understand. Okay, yes, definitely. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I really like this idea. Yeah, and she knew that she was going to be killed, and she's kind of she's our our guide through the adventure. Mm-hmm. But she's putting it in a language that Joan will understand. That makes way more sense than anything else that this movie has done so far. Yeah, because and... I I like I kind of agree with that logic because mm. all of a sudden. It makes sense that the the gem would be inside based on this thing in Joan's book. All of a sudden, it makes sense that this information would be kind of following along Joan's logic because it was written for her. Yeah, and Elaine's kind of rooting for her from beyond the grave. Like, hey, go out there and get it, little sis. Yeah, no, not that. Okay. (laughs) I like the character. I like having the character in there. I just think they should use her better. I mean, they didn't really use her very well in the film. Uh, I would just slot a really ridiculous comedic character into this role. Because I want that kind of, I want to meet the adventure sister, the one who went and did all of the things that her sister wrote about yeah. instead of the other way around. But I also want her to be a complete mess, which is why I picked either Judy Greer or Kristen Wiig. Oh. I, my uh, sister was Tommy Sager. Who? Tommy Sager. She's also in Don't Think Twice. Is she Colombian? No. You just Pass. cast that entire film in your movies. 
I cast two people. Uh, sorry, what was the name again? Uh, Tammy Sager. T A M I S A G A G. Which who does she play in Don't Think Twice? The uh, the other actress who she's the one who gets on the writing. Yeah, she was, she gets on the writing shows like you submitted a writing packet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as the adventure sister. I didn't cast her as the adventure sister. You who'd you cast her as? I well, I cast her as a sister, but I didn't think of her as the adventure sister. I Got thought of her it. it as like because they make reference to her like kind of going from like guy to guy to guy to guy. And, like, all of a sudden she found someone and, well, this one got murdered. So I kind of see her as being the sister where, like, this stuff happened to her. Yeah. But I think that – I think we can have our cake and eat it too on this because I really like the idea of her being the narrator. And I feel like it would be sort of thing where you see her setting things up and, like, have flashbacks to the way Joan interacted with her sister. I think that we should go – I just blanked on her name again. Judy Greer. Thank you. I think we should go with Judy Greer, but I do think Judy Greer should have Be been dead. murdered. Be- I do think <laughs> I would so, love, I would I love the video. She her. gets like yeah. a DVD and she's watching it. If you're watching this, I'm dead. Just <laughs> like flat. Yeah. And then like, it's but the there's a time. treasure. Honestly, wah, wah. I would watch the hell out of that. I would too, yeah. actually. Yeah. You could do like, this is the last time we saw your sister alive. Dun, dun, dun. Or like around or whatever. Like in Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, I cast uh, four other parts, so. Uh, <laughs> did you cast any other parts? Uh, I didn't, so I want to hear yours. All right. I'll have, I'll, I'll, run, I'll, run through them quickly because we are running out of time. This is a nod back to you, uh, Mrs. Irwin, who's the old lady who says, I don't get in elevators. I might get raped. I want it to be Ethel Bevers, the Helen Slayton Hughes, the old woman from uh, Parks and Rec, because she makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, 100%. Say that actress's name again? uh, Helen Slayton Hughes. Helen Slayton Hughes. Hughes. I did. I have uh, Michael Pena. You did cast that one? No, not that one. Go on. I have Michael Pena as the bus driver because I love Michael Pena. Dude, he steals every show. That's true. He would. Does the bus driver say anything? He he just does not understand what she's saying and then runs into a car. And then I have Rami Malek as the bad hombre. It says bad hombre uh, here on the list. He's the which one is just a guy who's like, oh, uh, Joan Wilder. He's the guy with yeah, the with, gun with in the, the village with, the, who, with one. Who has like the sides of the shirt, but not the middle. Yeah. That might be it. The guy because Rami Malek wanted... would be really intense. Yeah. So that, that the guy where they clearly wanted Danny Trejo. But yeah. The, 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 the Danny Trejo novel. And then for the flashback, or for the uh, romance novel at the beginning, I have Daniel Craig playing uh, Grogan. Good choice. The menacing uh, murderer. I like that. Yeah. I had – so for Grogan, your choice is better, but I thought Nick Offerman would be kind of fun because it could be like this heightened reality. <laughs> uh, Jesse, I would watch that. The Jesse White Knight figure, I thought Nathan Fillion or John Hamm. Yeah. yeah I'd want to go that's John correct. Hamm. John Hamm. John Hamm. Absolutely. And then Angelina, I think their instinct when they shot it was great with like not showing her face. Like she has to be like kind of an every woman so we don't want to – we don't want to see who it is because it's supposed to be the reader. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's also very male gazy. Like, well, we're gonna see her entire body, but not her face. Um, I I can see why you'd say that. I think that moment is about this fantasy that the writer is sort of describing, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, she is that. Well, person, she doesn't so even we say want... dialogue yeah. in the in the vision. So I get the the everyman, but also I get the. Male I think I think it's more important to not see Jesse's face. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think that's true. I think we need to see her because we're connecting to her. But I don't. I think Jesse needs to be this mysterious figure that we idolize and and have this like un unachievable perfection in our brain. Yeah, just I'm surprised they don't yeah. just use Kathleen Turner in that. That I, was I just too. assume they would have used Kathleen Turner for that character because so they're like, hey, matter. here's your soaking wet shirt, Kathleen, and she's like, fuck you, basically. <laughs> 
and then soundtrack by Shakira. Naturally. Because the weird synth 80s music does not work. Oh, but I loved it, but you're right. Uh, um, but I like it, you need a Colombian to do things, and yeah, Shakira's Colombian. Hey, whenever, wherever. I love Shakira. <laughs> uh, so, again, we're running out of time. I'd say we probably have maybe 10 minutes left because we started a little bit late. That's plenty of time. Um, for, to but discuss. we have to talk about writer. Oh, uh, for last, based on all of our um, uh, actors that we've picked, our Joan Wilder, it's going to have to be Rachel McAdams. Yes! Fuck yeah! Yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah. I just, I, I can't take credit for it because I was mostly, I got there from leapfrogging off of your Amy Adams. I'd be interested to see Rachel McAdams and Jeremy Renner play across from each other. I think I it would be interesting be because I wanted to lean into your expectation of what Rachel McAdams – a Rachel McAdams romance movie would be and then subverting that because she is the ro- – she. if there is a quintessential romance movie in existence, mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams is in it. And so I'd like to see her take that essence of like this expectation of her character and then just not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's – what interests me more about it? Well, let me. Can I tell you what my audition for that role would look like? You can. You can if that story takes one if minute. It's one minute. It's less than one minute. Here's what would happen. All I want to see is the main characters. I want to see from this audition them like struggling with something heavy, noticing the main guy, and then having a tendril of hair fall into their face that they then have to like blow up out of their face. Mm. But that's then, the entire audition. That's the audition. I want them to be able to nail that emotional. Um, that's definitely been used in lots of TV shows and movies 100% and I, I think they need to be able to nail that wavelength and if they can then that's theirs I think Rachel would do it alright so let's talk about writer and let's talk about director um, I have a writer and I have a director I didn't do a writer director although my writer could potentially be a writer director it's not important Aaron uh, Sorkin absolutely not <laughs> um, it's a walk and talk <laughs> because this movie is a romance novel and because the first movie has some of the problems of it being particularly male gazy. I cast, I, I cast, I would suggest both a woman as a writer and a woman as director. And I think that for something like this, especially since it's speaking a language that none of us certainly speak, mm-hmm. I do think that's important. But that said, who did you guys have? Well, you should just say yours. Cause right. then you're going to beat us at it with, uh, with your very well-informed and, uh, good hearted choice. <laughs> Did you pick Aaron Sorkin? I did not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Delete, 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 delete. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, my first instinct was to go with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg as writer-director. Interesting. Um, Because I've seen them do incredible comedy with action genres and upset my expectations. But on the drive over here, I came to a similar realization where I went, oh my gosh, I would much rather have a woman director for this than a male director just because I was thinking about Baby Driver, which was my, you know, I I was trying to look for situations in which they had leaned into romance. And I and was one of the characters up that disappointed. movie is literally named Darling. Yeah. And the other one is I'm like your mom. And one of the Let's most frustrating date. things about that movie is that the romance doesn't hit. So yeah, and the car chase isn't I, even good. I sacrifice. You take that back. You I sacrifice. Take that back right I'm now. scribbling out my writer directors. Who did you write? Who did you write? He wrote Edgar Wright, Wright and Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you, like there were others. So you no, like, that was it. You disavowed uh, those my, choices. I was trying to find somebody I liked on the way. I, I came up with Leslie Headland, who had directed um, Sleeping with Other People, which mm-hmm. was a rom com I liked. That was. Uh, relatively subversive to typical rom-coms, but I don't know that I want a rom-com director for a rom-com like this. That's I fair. didn't see Sleeping with Other People. 
Maybe it's, I'll have to um, watch that Jason tonight. Jason Sudeikis and um, Allison Brie. It's on Netflix. I did yeah, see it's that. It's supposed to be yeah. very good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's surprising. Chuck, okay. who did you have? I thought Jordan Voke Roberts, as writer-director, would be good. He did Kong Skull Island. And I think that movie is such like a fun adventure um, It's not story. a bad idea. And it is very comedic because he's hilarious. Like his movie, um, Kings of Summer, is just one of my favorite movies. Mm. Um, oh, he did Big Hero 6? Oh. Oh, he right. did? Did he really? I don't know. I don't like co-writing. Six. Well, it's a oh, Disney movie, it. so it might have gotten retooled a bit. Before. I like sure. I like Disney movies. I didn't like that one. I love Big Hero Six personally, but like, like have you guys seen Incredibles two? Because it's amazing. Didn't like it. I liked it. Not as good as much as the first. Not as good as much. As... I stand by it. Yeah, yeah you're not right. wrong. Live, live that dream. Um, All right. But Jordan Vogt Roberts. Or then you know what? If we're gonna go um, female writer slash director, I gotta give it to Greta Gerwig. I think she. I considered her. I considered her because I. I feel like. In terms of tone, I actually do think that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think she can write action because that isn't something that – what makes Lady Bird so amazing is that it's kind of a perfect essence of that time of her life. Mm-hmm. And it's translated from brain to page to script to film brilliantly. In terms of the essence of this movie, just like – understanding that aspect of that person's life and kind of where they are when they move from kind of the dreamer to the realist, I think it's important. I do think Greta Gerwig's a good choice for tone, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she can cover action as much. I think if you get a seasoned DP in there who's got a lot of things in mind for these sequences, she can allow that to go to him as far as like those things. But I think so much what's so important about the action scenes and I think any movie is the character moments. And I think she would nail that, like, in the midst of all that stuff. Maybe. Hard to say. Hey, Greta, if you're out there, yeah. think on it. <laughs> yeah, tell us. Consider, Give us a call. Consider our, our remake. At Ideal Remake. Can we take this in a way different direction? Who's the woman that directed um, You Were Never Really Here? I don't know. She's my, my favorite movie this year so far, and I can't remember her name right now. But, yeah, I that did would not be a, see it. a horrifying remake. The woman that I picked for writer is uh, named Susanna Fogel. Uh, her big movie right now is... The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, is that good? I want to see that. It's supposed to be very good. Okay. And it's an action movie. It's a comedy. It's uh, it's about a woman who's in the process of discovering who she is, both in relation to and as separate from this male figure. And I feel like that's important. And just kind of like looking back over her other filmography and the fact that she's also a novelist. And like she's written books and she kind of understands like the novelist thing. And so that that's why I thought she'd be an interesting writer. And then for director, I picked Elizabeth Banks. Hmm. Has she directed? What she, she directed Pitch Perfect or Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, I, I don't watch those, but um, I know people like them. I picked, <laughs> I picked her because a lo- I wanted something fun. Uh-huh. Like I wanted someone and there are very few people who I think kind of are able to capture the essence of fun as much as Elizabeth Banks. And because I think that if anyone is able to kind of like relate to the ingenue, like the expectations of an ingenue, it would be her. And because I think that because she's an actress, she's a very, this whole movie, especially because it's a comedy, it's a romance. It's a character piece as much as it is an action setup. Mm -hmm. And she's used to directing things with high choreography because that's what the Pitch Perfect movies and everything were. Right, right. And so it's, and that's what action sequences are. They're just highly well choreographed scenes. And so that's, that. that's why I picked those two in particular. 
Did you know that in 2019 she's going to be in a new Charlie's Angels? Or she's directing the new Charlie's Angels. Really? Oh. So I think uh, Hollywood is. Uh, you have your finger uh, on you Hollywood. Might, pulse, you might my be friend. on the pulse there, but Charlie's Angels is definitely up that avenue. Yeah, I gotta watch absolutely. the original again. Yeah, the first one was really good. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't care for the second one. My understanding is that the second one has a really intimidating sequence where the bad guys just like just nonstop walking towards them, and that's a good sequence. But beyond that, it's not that great a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weird. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, Elizabeth that. Banks. I don't. I definitely see her. She definitely knows her way around like the expectations and stuff. I see her. She always gets foist, like the cool girl role foisted on her mm-hmm. more than the ingenue. But I think that it's like it. They was translate super well of just having to be this like yeah whatever this romance novelist character figure is. Yeah. So let's go through who we've got. Uh, our old lady is going to be Helen Slat, uh, Slatton Hughes. Oh, Yay. yeah, running. Grogan uh, is going to be, what's the show. actor's name? Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, sorry. I, I didn't, oh, yeah. I, a bunch of the things Craig. were happening. Hell yeah, the Craig stuff. Jesse yeah. is going to be played by John Hamm. Nice. And the lead actress in the book is actually going to be played by our Whoever lead in the chose. movie. Yeah. It's going to be the lead movie because that makes far more sense. Not the female version of the and one guy like it is now? No. All right. Uh, soundtrack by Shakira. Uh, Elaine, the sister, is going to be played by Judy Greer, but she'll be dead. Um, (laughs) Important note. (laughs) But she's going to be the guide throughout the entire series. Uh, Gloria, our agent, will be Allison Janney. Zolo, the butcher, is going to be Oscar Isaac. The little mule named Pepe will be a Cadillac on monster truck tires. Yeah. Uh, Juan, the drug lord, will be John Leguizamo. Uh, Ralph and Ira will be Sofia Vergara and Melissa McCarthy. Not necessarily in that order. Jack Colton will be played by Jeremy Renner. And our lead, our Joan Wilder, is the great, the talented, the wonderful Rachel McAdams. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you got so, her. <laughs> you got a movie. Is this a movie that you would watch? Yeah, I'd see it. I have a movie pass. I'd see it in theaters. Uh, yeah. How long do you think that movie pass is going to last? Uh, at least till the end of the week. Do you well, think it will 15? still exist when this podcast goes live? Uh, yes. You guys heard about actually. the new rules, right? After yeah, the 15, three movies a month. Would this be one of your three? Mm, it depends on how bad that summer is, huh? So they're just duplicating AMC stubs. I, mean, I just saw that Jurassic World movie. And that was I would rather watch this movie that we just made up. I'd rather watch Paint Dry. <laughs> All right. So thank you both for being on the show. What plugs have you got? Go plugs go. Uh, I am Instagram, performing Twitter. at uh, Impro Theater or Impro Studio uh, in a high school romantic comedy improvised in September. So that's probably after this drops. Uh, that is after look this it drops. up on this, this will go up in two com. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much it. I what's, mean, the, I, what's the name of the show? Uh, it's called uh, <laughs> Almost Adults uh, Improvised High School Romantic Comedy. Love nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Dude, you, you kill the genre stuff for sure. Yeah. That's where I live, guys. I'm a genre. <laughs> um, I, you can see me every second Saturday performing sketch here at the Ruby LA. And then every Sunday or every other Sunday on an improv team called Airheart. Here at the Ruby LA. That that's the last place you want air to be. In your heart? Yeah, no, it's that's like how... the Amelia variety. That's why she didn't make the flight. <laughs> did did they find her? <laughs> I think she was uh, kidnapped by the Japanese on a tropical island. Yeah. They, yeah. Have, they have a photo of I heard that lead. Yeah. Just just because her namesake gave her the heart attack that that namesake represents. What? Yes. You get heart attacks. Like if there's an air bubble in your vein, like he's still going heart, with the literal air. Heart. heart, yeah, yeah, the air heart, yeah. Yes, I see now. So it's every. Is it? Uh, is it first and third or second and fourth? Ooh, I should check. Right now, it's just every other. So hey, roll the dice, motherfuckers. Maybe you'll get me. Yeah, I love it. 
Uh, and you should check out all the shows at the Ruby because we're recording in the Ruby's podcast booth, and it's great. Thank Hell you, yeah. the Ruby. Yeah. If you're interested in uh, finding out more about the podcast, you can check us out on Twitter at Ideal Remake or now on Instagram where I'm trying real hard at Ideal Remake as well. I'm doing the best that I can. And if you're interested in finding out more about me, I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. You can also join us on Facebook because – Ideal Remake Podcast is in all your social medias, not Snapchat. <laughs> or whatever the new one is, because I'm sure there's a new one that I don't know. Because yeah. we are old. But thank you both very much for being guests Thanks on the for show. Having we appreciate you for having it. Us. Yeah, it was a delight. Have you ever thought about dropping the C in Gash and just having like the coolest murderer name? There's a Sam Gash without the C who's a pro football player. Motherfucker. I think he played on the Vikings. Well then he's I'm the only good. Alex Foster. Wait a second. <laughs> if you look up Chuck Kavalik, uh, there's one on, in Florida who's committed some felonies. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, there are no Sam Gashers who spell their name like I do. So so you're good. Yeah, it's pretty great. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's that. Um, if you guys were to take a stone out and romance it, how would you romance that stone the best? Ooh. I'd warm it up with my hands. That's awfully nice. forward. That's nice. it. I think I would. Where does this stone get? You know, I think Picnic. It's not bad. Yeah. I don't know what a stone eats. Yeah. Skip it across a pond. Yeah. Oh, oh, I bet she'd love that's that. That's so romantic. Yeah. Just some, ni- some nice varnish and then a, a nice skip across a pond. That's right. That's lovely. All right. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> well, good. All right. And now we take our sailboat and <laughs> drive off into drive, the sunset. Drive off into New York. <laughs> drive right. off into the Bronx. Thank you both very much. <laughs> Thank Have you. Have a good one. <laughs>